inclusion actually is a really important topic here for the LTA because so many people in the population are entirely dependent on public transport. If the public transport system isn't inclusive, then that means that those people are just excluded from being able to lead their lives the way they want to. This is Transit Unplugged. I'm Paul Comfort. Good to be with you on another edition of the world's leading transit executive podcast. Today, I'm excited to be in Singapore. Andy, I've always wanted to come to Singapore. Oh, it's, <laughs> great. it's great to have you here. I'm, uh, it's really, really great to be on your show. And uh, welcome to our depot here in Loyang in Northeast Singapore. Very good. I'm with Andy Thompson, who's Managing Director of Go Ahead Singapore, one of the contractors of PTOs here working with the LTA. And uh, this is a fascinating city, Andy. I've only been here about 10 hours, but I'm already intrigued, man. Okay, yeah, no, it certainly is. So I've been here for four years. Okay. Uh, it's a great, it's, so my whole career has been spent uh, working in the bus industry. And uh, it, Singapore is a, a really inspirational place to, to come and be, be part of the transport system in Singapore. So it's a real honor to, to lead this company here and to be working with the LTA uh, and, and delivering part of their fantastic public transport. Yeah. It's, it's a very well thought through system. There's been a very interesting approach taken to uh, the, the car. So there are obviously there are cars here, there are, are roads here, um, but um, there, there's been a deliberate policy of developing uh, Singapore to be a car-like city. Um, so uh, public transport is is very much uh, the, the focus. Um, it's the arteries through which all the people flow, so exactly, to speak, yeah. right? I noticed that. Yeah. So I've been told there's some type of, uh, you have to get some type of license or permit to just have a car, That's and it's what, pretty expensive, maybe a hundred grand. That's right. Yeah, it's very expensive to own a car here. Um, so some people choose to do that, but the idea and the reason why that that approach is sustainable, if you like, is is because the public transport system here is such a good uh, alternative. No, nobody can say I have to have a car because, right. because public transport doesn't work for me. Public transport is comprehensive. It's throughout the whole city. Yeah, uh, it's it's accessible. It's inclusive. And it's rail and bus, right? It's rail and bus. Uh, it's it's high frequency. It's very affordable. Um, so it, you know, you really can't say that public transport doesn't work for you in in Singapore. So, right. So that's why so many, you know, so many people are happy to live their lives without having a car. Um, and uh, what that means is that the city is not gridlocked. So unlike a lot of the other big cities around Southeast Asia and, and around the world, um, even even at the height of the rush hour, the traffic in Singapore keeps flowing. That's interesting. And that is really refreshing as a yeah. operator. I had breakfast this morning with uh, an expat here, and he was telling me that, you know, it's he's from Australia, and he said, uh, Paul, we don't, you really don't need a car. And you literally don't. I mean, you yeah. can, yeah, there's no Uber here. There's something else called. Uh, yeah, it's called Grab. Yeah. Well, that's one of the companies here. So, right. So, um, yeah, you know, that, and, that, and that's, you know, You can use that if you need to. Yeah, sure. But the bus and the rail get you pretty much everywhere, Absolutely. right? 90% of what you need. Yeah. yeah. So let's talk about that. How is that structured? So LTA, Jeremy Yap, our friend, is deputy yep. CEO. Yep. Uh, he's been on the podcast a couple times before. Um, so LTA is the government agency, the Land Transport yep. Authority. Correct. And explain how that works. Okay. So, well, so they're responsible for all things transport, including the road network. Okay. Licensing, licensing vehicles. They, they're responsible for the rail system here and, and the bus system. So um, the way that the, the, the LTA made a big decision um, in... in in the, around about 2015, having done a lot of work looking at different models around the world for uh, bus contracting. So at that time, there were two local operators here that, that ran all the services. Um, the LTA decided they wanted to 
uh, invest in the bus network and, and raise the, the uh, level of service and raise the quality of service. And they decided the way they wanted to do that was through introducing uh, a tendering system. Um, so in fact, back in the day when I was at Transport for London, actually some people from the LTA came and looked at the way that bus contracting was done in London. They also looked at other cities around the world. I think another key reference city was Perth in Australia, where, okay. where there was a very mature tendering system there. So they, they, they took their time, as, as they always do in Singapore, and planned things very thoroughly, very carefully, uh, and came up with a, a bus contracting model, um, which, which they launched in 2015. Um, and the idea was to um, give uh, international operators the opportunity to enter the market in Singapore um, and, and to uh, operate uh, services alongside the, the existing two operators that were already here. They, they were good operators. Mm -hmm. um, and to start with, most of the contracts, so the, the network was divided into 14 different uh, packages. Um, so 14 different sort of groups of bus routes. Um, and the majority of those were initially put on a negotiated basis with the incumbent operators that were already running those services. But then over time, each of those packages is put to the market on a competitive tendering basis. And companies like Go Ahead have the opportunity to bid Put in, put in a tender and, yes. and bid to run those packages. Now, do you provide, so I used to work in contracting in the U.S. Okay. for 15 years. Um, tell me what the agency provides, okay. you know, buses, facilities, sure. insurance, versus what you all provide. Okay, so in Singapore, the way it works, um, which creates a very kind of level playing field and, and makes it relatively straightforward for a new company to enter the market, it's very competitive, so yes. I'm certainly not, not making it sound easy. Right, right. Yeah. But the, the, the key thing is that the LTA provide the assets. Okay. They provide the buses and they provide the depots. So the depot we're sitting in right now yeah. is owned by them? Correct. Yeah. Okay. So when we won this contract, we, we, yeah, we knew that we were going to be able to use this depot. The contract has a, a, an incentive, disincentive mechanism. So we, as long as we run the right level of service, we get, the, basically, yeah, we get paid for doing that. But really what makes a difference to whether we, we make a profit or a loss is what, how well we perform. And so we have, sure, we have to be efficient, right? We have to be efficient and we have to achieve high, uh, high standards of... Like on-time performance, exactly. accidents, those kind of things. Exactly, exactly that. What's your goal for like on-time performance? So, well, it varies by route. Okay. So, so each right. route has a, has a different standard, uh, a sort of stretch target set. If we, yeah. If we can get above that target, then we can win a bonus. Okay. If we fall below that target, then we can have money taken off. Yeah, liquidated damages. Exactly. Yeah. So it's uh, it's actually very similar to the model in London in that respect. Yes, right. And, and so, the U.S. has that too. So like on average, what would your OTP, your on-time performance goals be? 80% something? Oh, way, way above that. Oh, way above that, huh? Way, like the, 90s? The 90s, yeah. Wow. Which, which is a reflection of the, yeah, the, because the traffic conditions here are okay. so good. Yes. Then the, yeah, the return for, for the population of Singapore is that they can expect very high quality. Yeah. In the U.S., you're you're good if you're at 80% for a fixed route bus, you know. Sure, yeah. But they don't all have bus-only lanes, which I saw a lot of here. Do you yeah. use that a lot? There, there are there are some bus-only lanes here, but but you know, as I've said, the, the actual, even without the It's lane, not too bad, traffic, huh? I mean, it gets busy in the rush hour. It does get yeah. busy, but but the, the, yeah, the traffic just, the, 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 the congestion that I'm used to in London, for example. Yeah. Spent yeah. many years working and living in London. You just never see anything on that scale here. So, Andy, how many buses do you all operate here? 
So we operate um, 450 buses here at this depot okay. in Luoyang. And then about out of how many for the whole system, so do you think? The whole system has about 6,500 buses here. So we're, we're relatively small okay. at the moment. We, we've got aspirations to grow. Yeah. But we, so the, when, the, when the contracting system started, um, as I've said, there were two local operators here, SBST and SMRT. Since then, there's been two new entrants to the market. So uh, there was a, an Australian company uh, that, that was the first to enter. Uh, and then we, we won a contract. Oh. And uh, here we are. So how many years have you been here? Uh, this is now company. Our, uh, we've we've been here. We started operations in 2016. So, okay, so we're now in our uh, seventh year of operation. And how many bus operators do you employ here? Uh, how, um, so in total, we have a thousand employees. Okay, uh, of which about 800. Uh, we actually call them bus captains. Bus captains. Yeah. Oh, I like I mean, that. Yes. <laughs> we have, we have uh, around about 800 bus captains. And how about do you do the maintenance work here as well? We do, yeah. So we, we take so we take the risk on how reliably we run the services. We take the risk on having the right number of bus captains to drive our buses, deliver our customer service, um, and, and we take the the risk uh, on on maintenance. Okay. And do the does the bus network integrate effectively with the rail network here? Exceedingly. How does that work? Would you so, say? So in fact, as part of our contract, we as well as having this depot, we. We take the lead responsibility for running two big bus rail interchanges. Oh, okay. Um, so so our, our two interchanges are, are quite close to where we are now. So there's one at a place called Paziriz, which is at the end of the east-west MRT line. And then the other one is in Pungal, which is um, a, a big growing area of uh, Singapore, which again has got various uh, uh, rail and um, uh, autonomous light rail uh, systems. So the, the bus network really does two things. So we have we have some routes that are called feeder routes mm -hmm. that literally um, just circulate, circulate around the local neighborhood, around those interchanges. So in the morning, there, there are literally thousands of people coming into the uh, interchanges on our feeder services, and then they just transfer, get on the MRT and travel further further afield. Okay. So a lot and of the that, MRT stands for? The Mass Rapid Transit. So is that heavy rail? Uh, it is, yeah, yeah, is, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, so so that's so our buses feed in the morning. They feed the the MRT, and then in the evening, uh, all those people come back, and, and they, then they get on your bus and you disperse them into the neighbourhood. That's right. Oh, so, that's interesting. And then we also have some trunk routes. So okay. where, where the where the MRT doesn't go, we have some routes that take a, a sort of longer distance. Yeah, some routes that go right down into the CBD. We run a service from the from the airport into the CBD. Um, so so that so our services are a mixture of um, feeder and trunk, but very mm -hmm. much uh, integrated with the, the MRT. And, and with, yeah, we, we work very closely actually with the other four bus operators here okay. because it, it is an integrated network. So we're not, the competition happens at the tendering stage. I see. Not on the road. So That's on the good. road, we're expecting. Yeah. You're not out there fighting each other for passengers on the road. Yeah. So, so <laughs> the, yeah, the interchanges that we run are used by some of the other operators. Their services come in and then we work, yeah, we work collaboratively, yeah. collaboratively with them. And, and some of our services go into interchanges that are run by them. So it's a, it's a very, um, you know, it's a, everybody's very clear about what it's a, it's a nice ballet dance of everybody working together. It is, huh? it is. How, what's, what role does technology play in all that? It plays a crucial role. I imagine. Yeah. So, um, and the, so the way that the contract works, I've said that there is, yeah, there's an incentive disincentive system. The, the, the most significant part of that is around reliability. That's, that's the customer's number one priority. Okay. And there's a, there's a vehicle tracking system 
on, on all of the buses here, which is provided by the LTA. Mm-hmm. And, and that performs a number of different functions. So I've got a control room here. So I've got a team of service controllers and they use that, the, the data from that system in real time to manage our bus services. So that there's a series of screens in the control room. Uh, each controller has a screen and, and is responsible for a defined um, set of routes. Okay. And they, you know, their job is, is to is to watch how those buses are performing. They can see them all on the screen and to communicate uh, either by messaging or um, by radio to the to the bus captains to regulate the services if there's any any delays or you have mobile data terminals in the buses for yep. uh, text messages back right. and forth, that kind of that's stuff. Right. Yeah, that's right. And the two mapping and all that. Yep. So yeah. that so that works really well. Uh, so that's that's one application. That also then the data the data from that system then is also used in, in various different ways to uh, tell the customers what's happening so they can get it through various different apps that we have uh, real-time information displays at the interchanges at some bus stops. Um, so it's in general, it supports a whole load of real-time customer information. And, and also um, it's the basis on which our um, performance is measured. So the LTA, uh, the, all, all of the standards they set for, so it's, the routes are actually classified into either high frequency or low frequency. So the, the low frequency are the, are the ones where we're aiming for timetable adherence. Okay. Uh, so on-time performance, as you've already uh, pointed yeah. out, a lot of the routes here are actually high frequency. Yeah. Now, what does that mean here for on a minutes it basis, could, could you say? A, some of them are in down to every three minutes. They're, they're literally, so it's turn up and go. So from, a, from the customer's point of view, they, they don't worry about, looking up a timetable and saying, I'm going to go and catch the 10 past eight bus. They just go to the bus stop and expect that, you know, every few minutes, one of their buses is going to arrive. They're going to be arriving at regular intervals. So yeah, you don't need to worry about which particular bus you're going to catch. You just go at the time you want to travel and a bus will come as the expectation. And that's how, that's how we're measured. So performance on those routes is, is measured by what's Headway adherence? Yeah, yeah, excess wait time. Okay. So it's headway adherence. So we, so our controllers have got to work with the with the bus captains to make sure that the buses are not bunching up. That right. They're, they're running. They're tracking them on the screen by computer and that's right. saying yeah. go now or speed up or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So they, so they, um, the technology is, is what captures all of that data and then is used to the statistics from that that, that you know, determine our, how we've actually performed against the standard are all based on the analysis of the of the tracking yeah. data from the buses. So it's vital that that's right. accurate for right. all of those different reasons. Well, from what I've seen so far, it is an amazing integrated network that really works well. I've told Jeremy that in the past. I think it's clearly one of the most advanced and reliable public transport systems in the world. Yeah. Uh, would you agree with that based on what would, you've would, seen? No, absolutely. Would. Yeah. And you've been around. I mean, tell me something about your background. You've been sure. around quite a bit. Yeah. Well, actually, most of my career, so I've been uh, working in the Bus industry since 1989, so, uh, over 30 years now. Um, and you look like you're 40 years old. What, you started as a kid? Out of fifth grade? Pretty much. <laughs> uh, well, something my first proper job when I finished university, I, I became a graduate trainee with, with London Transport, as it was then. Yes. And that was a fantastic grounding. So I'd, I'd already decided I wanted to work in transport. I, I got on to the London Transport grad scheme, which I was really pleased about. And that gave me a really fantastic two-year launch into my career where I, I spent two years doing a series of frontline jobs. So I'd, they move you around, don't they? Yeah, so you learn did. everything. Yeah. And that included, I was actually a bus driver for three months in London. And I was a bus conductor, which shows how long ago it was. Great. The fares. 
but that was really absolutely invaluable experience um, just to, to you know, see see how things actually work. Absolutely, and, yeah. And actually, that with hindsight, that shows me again how important the technology is because at that time, there was no technology on the buses and, and the reliability. Although people look back on the good old days, the reliability at that time was pretty pretty bad. Yeah. And it was very difficult to control the bus service. I was a controller for, for a while as well during that time. And all you can do is see the buses as they come past you at one point on the route. And that, that makes it very challenging to, to control the service in yeah. a congested of course, environment. Yeah. So, and, and most of the drivers were, were great and good and wanted to do the job properly, but there was a, a minority that kind of made it their, their job to see what they could get away with. And, and that really had quite a bad impact on, on reliability and was, was largely invisible to, 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 the, to the supervisors and right. the managers. What did you do after that? So, so I moved on from that and did a whole range of different jobs. Yeah. I, I did, spent a number of years working on uh, designing bus priority schemes and uh, advocating more bus lanes, in, which was very rewarding because we got a lot of extra bus priority put in at that time. Um, I actually project managed the, the first vehicle tracking system that was rolled out in London and the countdown signs that went up at that time. Wow, that's that, so Mandy. That was pretty yeah. exciting. I... Um, Yes, and then uh, j just when when the transition from London Transport to Transport for London happened, Peter Hendy joined. Oh, us. Sir Peter Hendy, yeah, yeah, he's a pal of mine. Yeah, so, uh, I worked very closely with him and um, became part of the team that introduced the what's now known as the quality incentive contract, which is which is where we put the reliability uh, uh, incentives and disincentives into the contract in London. At the same time that there was a huge investment in the bus network, so. That was a, a very exciting part of my career where we were literally, for, for the new mayor of London, tr he wanted to transform uh, the bus. Who was that at the time? Uh, that was Ken Livingston. Oh, yes, um, sure. So he, he wants to introduce congestion charging, which was a very radical and brave thing for a politician to do in London at that yeah. time. He did it. And he knew that you know, in order to be able to do that, he had to be able to demonstrate the bus network, the public transport network was measurably better oh i see right and so there right. we go he put he, to be fair he put his money where, where his mouth was he invested in the network and through the quality incentive contract we we were able to work with the the different bus operators that were providing the services to really lift the service and uh, you know the congestion charge was a success and actually helped the reliability of the buses by reducing the amount of traffic in the very center of london yeah so it was great to be part of all of that yeah I worked on the Olympics in London for three years, which was, again, very exciting, a very interesting experience. I then deci actually decided for a few years I would move away from buses, so okay. I became the head of river services in, in London. By that time, we had Boris Johnson as the mayor. He set the target of doubling the number of passenger journeys on the River Thames within, within a certain period of time, and that, that was my brief to, to make that happen. So that was quite uh, a bit different. In some ways, similar to, to buses, it's still public transport moving people around. So, but working with a completely different set of operators uh, on, on the river, which was great. Yeah, I've ridden that. That's awesome. Yeah. 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 Um, and then that was when I decided to make the brave step for me, which was to, to step out of the public sector, uh, okay. which you know, I'd had a very interesting and varied time working yeah. there, but I decided it was, you know, I, I wanted to go and see what it was like actually working on the other side, as it were, in the private sector and 
decided to join a go-ahead group. Okay. Which I did. So that was back in 2016. And I, I didn't really know what to expect. I started off uh, at go-ahead London. Uh, go-ahead London runs about 25% of the bus network there in London. Um, but increasingly became involved in international business development. And that's when I started spending time in Australia. Finally, after, after many years of trying with just one, uh, our first contract in Sydney, which is very exciting. Is that for, uh, transport for New South Wales? Yeah, that's right. Okay, so yeah. uh, we're in a, a, a joint venture and, and managed to win a, a contract. That's there, great. With my buddy Howard Collins down there. That's right. Yeah. 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 works there. Indeed. Um, so we, um, but meanwhile, uh, did you say you went to university with them or something? Yeah, we we were on the same MBA course many years ago. Uh, it's one a small world. It is a small world. Yeah, the, the, I always call it the diaspora. Uh, all these leaders that came out of Transport for London yeah. to the Commonwealth, so to speak, in the sure. many places like Canada or Australia. Or, yeah, 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 amazing. Yeah. yeah. So then you came here from Australia. Yeah. So uh, so yeah, it's quite again quite a, a big life changing decision. Um, my, I've got three grown-up kids. They'd flown the nest. The okay. opportunity to go to Australia came up. So my wife and I decided to make the move uh, rather than just keep flying them backwards and forwards sure, to Australia yeah. to actually go and base ourselves there. So we, we were there. But while I was there, the, 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 the opportunity to come and take the helm here came up. Okay. My predecessor got a job in Hong Kong. And um, the opportunity came to, to come and lead Go Ahead Singapore. And that's what I did. Uh, that's what I managed to secure. Yeah. And then you came here? Yeah, so I came here. So it was the end of 2019 when I came here, um, which was quite bad timing because COVID was... Oh, right. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You picked a great time to come. <laughs> How did that impact ridership, by the way, here? Uh, there was some, there was definitely some impacts. Yeah. But but perhaps not as severe as other places because, you know, as I've already said, pe people here, most people didn't have the option of switching into cars, which I know... Oh, right, right. That makes sense. Yeah. Places, so... Um, yeah, because of the, uh, I mean, there were obviously various different phases of restrictions and lockdowns, et cetera, but, um, we, we kept running our services pretty much full service all the way through Okay, um, because there was safe distancing measures. Well, on, right. You could only have half as many people on the bus, right? right? Yeah. The ridership was down. We did, yeah, the LTA quite rightly decided yeah. not to significantly reduce the level of service because they wanted the buses not to be packed. Yep. So. How is, how is the labor? And so what I'm finding across a lot of the world is they're having real difficulty recruiting and, and retaining yeah. employers' employment here. Yeah. How, how's it working here? Yeah, we, we're facing the same challenge. Yeah. So ironically, yeah, the last year has almost been more difficult operationally than, than all the way through COVID. Because of the lack of employees? There's been a lot of disruption to the labor market. Yes. People moving around. And um, so, yeah, we, we've had to work really hard to, to have the right number of uh, bus captains here. Gotcha. Andy, tell me about what your efforts are here in Singapore on inclusion. Okay, well, inclusion actually is a really important topic here for the LTA um, because uh, so so many people in the population are entirely dependent on public transport. Um, if the public transport system isn't inclusive, then that means that those you know, people are just excluded from being able to lead their lives the way they want to. So there's a huge emphasis on trying to make sure that not only is the system physically accessible, which it is, because it's so modern. Uh, so that's, yeah, that's a great start. Um, but we've got to make sure that people are actually confident about using the system. Um, so there's, there's a, there's a real focus on that. Um, there's, there's a, there's actually a, a working group, uh, which involves 
all of representatives of all the operators, uh, as well as the LTA, the Public Transport Council, and other relevant organizations where we collaborate to try and come up with new ideas. And we do, there's a lot of research. Um, so it's a really good focal point. But one of the big um, areas uh, of a tent of what, what we're encouraged to do is is to bring our, bring our own ideas and initiatives and, and try them out. So that's another example of where we've been able to bring some international experience um, to Singapore. So we we brought a scheme called uh, Helping Hand, which is a scheme we operate in the UK, um, where we we give customers quite often who may have hidden disabilities uh, a little yellow credit card size card that has a very simple message on it that they can just show the driver discreetly as they get on the bus. Um, and, and, um, it, you know, it just gives them a, hit, a clue as to what their hidden disability is. And the drivers are then trained to be able to respond in the right way. And so we tried that out on some of our feeder services, found people liked it and found it useful. Um, one of the cards says, please, may I have a seat? It's very simple. So you can either show the driver or actually you can use it to show other customers. Um, you, you don't need to explain why you, pe people just trust that when they see that card, there's a reason why you've got it and they will give up the seat and let you sit down. So that, so we brought that, we tried it on our feeder services. We, we shared the results with, with this working group and the LTA have actually adopted that now and it's rolled out across the whole rail and bus, oh, wow. bus network. That's a good Singapore. initiative. So that's great. Yeah. We're, yeah. we're very proud of that. Um, and, and yeah, there's, there's a lot of other initiatives that we've done that, that sort of promote inclusivity and local community engagement, which is, which is a really important part of what we do. So as we sit here, you know, in the first part of 2023, what's your, what do you see coming for the future for bus service here in Singapore? Um, well, I think in some ways it's a bit of a boring answer because and, uh, more of the same. Huh? Well, it's just such a, you know, it's, it's well such run. an integral yeah. part of the, 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 the system here. It's, it's such a dense population. Yeah. Uh, they're very efficient ways of, buses are very good ways of moving people around locally. It, it integrates with the MRT right. network. There is, yeah, the MRT network is growing. So the bus network is being constantly um, modified to, to serve the new lines that are opening. Yeah. But there's always going to be a, yeah, there's always going to be a place for the, for the bus. Right. In Singapore. What about like uh, solar power, fuel, right. those kind of, that's some new things you're sure. working on, yeah. right? Okay. Yeah. So there's a lot to talk about that. Yeah. Let's take so, for a few minutes. Okay. So, well, the, so the, the, I guess the big headline is that the, L, the LTA have definitely committed to start transitioning the fleet over to electric buses. So at the moment, uh, the vast majority of the buses that we run here at this depot are diesel buses, quite modern diesel buses. Um, we have eight electric buses. Um, so they're part of a small batch of, I think, 50 or 60 electric buses at the LTA uh, procured a couple of years ago. They wanted to evaluate how they work. So they've distributed them around different depots and we've got eight of them. So, so you track their performance and those yeah, kind of things. Yeah. yeah. And we've, yeah, we've been working very closely with the LTA on this. In London, we, we've got hundreds of electric buses. And so they're very interested in our experience, the, you know, the experience of running electric buses in London and elsewhere in the UK. So that's something that value that comes from an international contractor. Absolutely. You can bring in that exactly. information. Yeah, exactly. So we, we, and we're happy to share that information and experience with the LTA uh, as they develop their proposals and plans to roll out electric buses here. So they've done, again, they've done a very thorough, careful study. And they've now recently announced by 2030, 50% of the LTA buses will be electric in, in Singapore. So that's a huge yes. transition. And there's a very stable electric grid here, right? So there, 
Yeah. Unlike other parts of the world, they're, you're stable here. Yeah, we, we are, but then yeah, the, it's, the, the grid supply here is quite interesting. But most most of the electricity supply is actually imported from okay. neighboring countries. There's, okay. there's no big power generation capability actually in Singapore itself. So, yeah, that's one of the areas that needs to be very carefully considered. But there is a stable grid supply mm -hmm. here. Um, what about hydrogen fuel? Are you looking at that at all? Uh, well, go ahead. Is we go yes. ahead. We, we've we've got some hydrogen buses coming into one of our fleets in the UK this year. Uh, the I know the LTA are looking at it, but I think I think for buses actually in Singapore, the the current uh, electric battery solution is fine. That yeah, it's capable. It, it works. Yes, the the, the, the distance and all that is yeah. that, that works. That's so great. I'm not saying there won't be hydrogen, but I think the priority at the moment yeah. is, is uh, electric. What one real clever thing that we've done here, which is our own initiative here at Go Ahead Singapore, is that because we, although that that commitment has been made to start transitioning over uh, to electric buses, we know that uh, there are going to be diesel buses here for quite some time uh, until that happens. And we've uh, we've over the last eighteen months or so, we've been testing uh, fitting solar panels uh, onto the top of diesel buses um, so we started off with two we, we put solar panels on the roof so they obviously that that's not enough power to drive the bus they're still diesel buses but the the solar energy um, is used to recharge the bus batteries so, uh, rather than the alternator so getting a bit techy now but the 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 alternator on the bus um, is what recharges the battery after you've started the bus up right. and you've got all the lights on and um, the alternator drains power from the engine. So in other words, the engine has to work harder to power the alternator and it uses more fuel. So if you can effectively reduce what the alternator has to do by providing solar power, the fuel consumption of the bus improves. Okay. Um, so How's that working for you? It's working really well. Uh, Good. It's working as we expected. So it's not a huge savings, three, yeah. three or 4%. It's not massive, but yeah, it, it that's makes interesting, enough to make a difference. And um, so we've just committed to having trialed our first two buses. We've now just committed and we're just now rolling out another 50 buses with solar panels gotcha. on the roof. That's great. Two just kind of little, as we wrap up, two funny little comments or whatever. Are the, I really like the color of your buses here. What would you call that? Ah, that green shade. Yeah. Uh, Again, it's I'll, kind of a lime green yeah, lime almost, green, isn't it? I forgot there is a name for it. Yeah, but it, it helps the bus stand out, I think. It does, have, yeah, a, yeah. have a unique color. Now, do the other providers have different colors? Uh, there's a few different colors at the moment, but that's a historical thing. So okay. as, as buses are replaced and the old buses go out of the system, they're all going to be green. So it's, so like in London, all the buses are red. All the buses in Singapore are going to be red. I gotcha. Oh, yeah, that that's great, actually. Yeah, yeah. it is. It's for an integrated fleet. It doesn't really yeah. matter who's operating it to the customer, no, no, exactly. right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. yeah. All right. Well, this has been great, Andy. What a great uh, kind of uh, in-depth dive into how things are operating here. I think it's wonderful. Thank you so much for being our guest today and sharing with us um, how you're operating here. This is a fascinating transit system. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's great to be here with you. Thank you. Hi, this is Mike Bismeyer, Transit and Kindness Advocate, and this is Mike's Minute, where we talk about mentorship, leadership, and kindness, with the hopes it'll inspire you to pay it forward. I hope you and yours all enjoyed this past Easter weekend. Last week, I was inspired. As I attended the Tripspark at Night Conference, one of the companies within the Medaxel family, I was inspired to chat to leaders and changemakers, sharing ideas, 
discussing what is and what is not working, and how they continue to effort daily to make public transit better for all. I was very honored and fortunate to have been asked to deliver the keynote, which was focused on kindness, kindness in our communities, kindness in the workplace, and how it all syncs directly with leadership and the transit service we deliver. Transit is kind by nature, I've often said, the great equalizer, providing people choice and access. However, I was even more inspired after the keynote by all the attendees who shared stories of the many great things their agencies and employees are doing to make an impact both in the day-to-day delivery of transit and outside and above and beyond within the communities they serve. We are surrounded by heroes every day, those who are truly making a difference for so many others. Share your stories loud and proud, and feel free to reach out to me at any time via LinkedIn should you wish to share a story that I can help amplify and celebrate on a future show. Lastly, during the conference, we picked a local charity to inspire folks to make a random act of kindness while in town for the conference. And I was blown away by the excitement of the donations as we ended up raising just over $3,000 for the Ronald McDonald House of South Louisiana. Truly amazing. Again, proving kindness is cool. Thanks for listening and have a great week. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Transit Unplugged with our special guest, Andy Thompson of Go Ahead Singapore. Now, next week, we have a very special episode. We have the live CEO roundtable that just happened at Think Transit on April the 4th. In that episode, you'll hear Doran Barnes of Foothill Transit, Monica Backman of the Northern Virginia Transportation Authority, Aaron Pinkerton of BC Transit, and Billy Terry of the National Transit Institute. Now to make sure you stay in the loop with whatever's going on in the show, make sure you visit transitunplugged.com to sign up for the newsletter. And if you have a question, comment, or want to be a guest on the show, feel free to email us at info at transitunplugged.com. So until next week, ride safe and ride happy. We hope you're enjoying this episode of Transit Unplugged, the podcast. How would you like to see behind-the-scenes footage of the agencies that Paul visits? Then be sure to check out the new Transit Unplugged TV on YouTube, where transit evangelist Paul Comfort dives into the culture, the food, and the transit of major cities around the world. You'll see the operations control centers, how maintenance shops work, and the latest innovations taking place at agencies around the globe as we work together to improve the lives of our transit riders and our communities. Be sure to subscribe to Transit Unplugged TV on YouTube or at transitunplugged.com.